This episode of Kindred Spirits is brought to you in part by Mundy Development. Whether you're beginning your first real estate purchase or you're a seasoned investor, Mundy Development can assist you with all aspects of the process. Kick off your next investment by visiting mundydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com. You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. And welcome into Kindred Spirits here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. We are finally, finally here with Kindred Spirits. We have actual physical games to actually discuss. Real life, 90 minutes, no guessing, no talking about (laughs) other things to try to fill time. Actual games. And John... You know, I think you're going to kind of take over, man, because you actually went out to Audi Field and I you did. actually got to see the see the action uh, firsthand in the press box. By the way, how how is the Audi Field press box? I'm curious. It's great. The view is fantastic. It's certainly better than uh, Paramount Plus streaming quality. So if you <laughs> want if you want to see people live in 8K and 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 see the back of their jerseys, I recommend the press box or just the stadium. Now general. about that, I, I I do think. The streaming quality looked at least a little bit better. Looked like it had been a little bit of a step up from what we saw previously from last season. I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, they have the new VAR, the new Hawkeye system, that they need maybe a little bit more of a higher quality camera. I don't know. Could could you could you see the cameras? Did they look did they did look not. like professional TV? Notice next time, my friend. I did. I actually did look up above the press box because I don't think they were selling seats in that in that stand. And I saw what looked to be a professional look, a a non handheld camera. That's <laughs> a good. camera that yeah, a camera that requires like a whole rig. So that's that's an improvement, I think. What do you? Maybe let's get in. I want to maybe get into that first year. First, uh, I think this is now the third year of CBS. I want to say fourth year. When did they no, start? No, no. 2020, I thought maybe might have been the first year. I feel like that feel was post. It was sort of the post uh, World Cup hype. So we're in year three, four, year four, sort of, because 2020 was weird. Um, but year year four of CBS, I think the contract's coming up. Do you think the league will resign with CBS? Or do you think maybe they, maybe NWSL looks at what is going on with MLS and what they've done with Apple and how they kind of took over production took over the graphics package and sort of boosted their content to sort of make it more of a professional display. Uh, I don't know. I think they like CBS because CBS has linear television as well included in their ability Mm -hmm. uh, where you don't need to have a stream. You just need to have CBS sports network, which is not everybody. That's a, that's a higher tier cable package. They have the ability to put things on CBS. Uh, and then they have the flexibility with Paramount Plus. I think it, it'll it'd be a challenge. It's a they don't quite have the market as you know the marketability for a, uh, MLS was not high. We we talk all the time on United ninety six about the level uh, of their te- like their television rating problems. Apple was in a unique position of wanting something to uh, own and something to like you know go wall to wall with with lots and lots and lots of content. I don't know. I don't know that the NWSL is there yet based on the number of teams, the number of games that they can deliver. Um, I, so I think right now at this point in their growth and, and trajectory, I think CBS continues to make sense. I hope that, you know, I would love, f- I think it's very, very important. We talk about this all the time 
elsewhere. It's very, very important when there are a million options for television or for soccer that's on streaming or whatever. Mm -hmm. You've got to have the best video and audio fidelity possible. If you listened to the game one, uh, week one game between North Carolina Courage and who were they playing? They played, who did they play? Uh, Kansas City Current, I think it was. Kansas City Current, thank you. Uh, the, the, the big conversation piece was about how it sounded like they were talking in, uh, in metal cans tied by string. The audio was horrible. They did a, they did a halftime report for the player on the field that who had a headset who couldn't hear them just the same as they couldn't hear them at home. That kind of stuff can't happen when you're going up against, you know, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, that same weekend, that same time you got to have. 4K, if it costs more, I don't care. You got to have perfect mm-hmm. sound. If it costs more, I don't care. That's got to be where you spend your money first, even before other things, because that's the way more people are going to encounter your league on that than they're going to be there in the stadium. That's just the way it, the math works. What do you think about CBS in general and sort of where they're <laughs> headed? I, I, I agree with your, I agree with what your statements are about sort of where the league is. Um, I think it'll be, I'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see what happens when the um, after the World Cup. I think the World Cup will be sort of the maybe the maybe that's what the league is kind of waiting for. I'll be curious to see who else might show up as as bit as bidders. Um, maybe some other uh, other things will kind of get in. We look at ESPN. ESPN shedded a lot of their uh, a lot of their coverage, a lot of their soccer coverage. They basically have the USL and that's it as far as like American soccer coverage. They no longer have the national teams. They no longer have any of that. So I think they could be it maybe somebody that could try to sort of maybe keep themselves in the game, so to speak. Um, and, and look at NWSL as a, as maybe a growth opportunity. Um, they have the ESPN plus platform, which they still need to, to get games in. Um, but they've also been talking about shedding. Um, you know, you look at Fox, maybe stepping up, uh, they've got the World Cups. They've got all that stuff. Or maybe, honestly, uh, we could maybe see Turner. Maybe Turner steps in. Um, you know, there is more of a close connection between the NWSL and and the U.S. Uh, soccer program. So that could be another thing too. I think maybe it would maybe be beneficial um, for the NWSL if they want to, if they have the ownership that's willing to put in the money to maybe take over some of that production and maybe boost it a little bit and give it a better production value. It's clear that CBS, I think, is in, is from what I've from what I've gathered in charge of production. And if they they this is during the uh the the little tournament, little basketball tournament that they cover. Um it's called the NCAA men's tournament. Maybe you've heard about it. So all of their production values, all of their trucks, all of their uh, everything's going to go towards that as opposed to covering the women's soccer league at this point. So I think they, I think some of that coverage might be suffering because of that. Maybe, uh, but uh, as far as being there in the stadium, I think that there, I had not been to Audi field for anything this yeah. season. I wasn't there for DC United. So I got to see all of the murals that were painted. I got to see the brick, the brick cladding. If you were there, you were probably in line for the cherry blossom gear that uh, the line stretched around the sports book and back. They have to figure out a better solution with that. Maybe having a, an additional merch tent on the other side of the stadium. It was it was <laughs> overwhelming. Uh, great turnout. 11,000 is the, it's the record they had for an opener. I'm very happy about that. Uh, their buy one, get one free ticket thing obviously, had, I think, had something to do with that. But I hope that they can continue to drive that. But I want to talk about the play on the field. We actually have three yeah, points to talk, go, about, talk about. And I think that's great. We got a win to talk about. You go. You you so, were there. You you give maybe your uh, yeah no your bird's I, well, eye I think perspective. <laughs> the first thing to look at, I think, is the lineups. It was a it was a very. I think I 
tweeted as I was driving into the stadium one armed, which is where I should not be tweeting while driving. Uh, I saw the lineup link for, for the spirit. And I'm like, I don't know where everyone's playing. I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me from there. Uh, but the, the, the lineup was Kingsbury and goal. The thing that will never change on her hundredth cap, uh, Sam Staub and Tara McKeown, the, the starting center backs. A thing we talked about last week, wondering if Tara McKeown was the first game guaranteed center back. And we said, well, she's not so, or I said, she's not, but Amber Brooks had picked up an injury and was only able to go about 30 minutes. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be right for every game or they're still just trying to figure that out, but she was there starting in our first game as a center back. Uh, well, this is all this is all jacked up. There we go. Gabby Carl uh, making her debut from the Canadian national team, and Dorian Bailey making her first appearance as a right back uh, in NWSL. Andy Sullivan, Bailey Feist, uh, Paige Matire, and uh, that was the midfield. And then Trinity, Ashley Sanchez, and Ash- Ashley Hatch uh, were the midfield three, or the attacking three. Although it was basically a diamond midfield with uh, Ashley Sanchez as the uh, center attacking midfielder, basically. So from a lineup perspective, I think there's a lot to talk about and, and we'll get into sort of the, the logic behind, uh, the defensive changes that were occurring that we've talked about a little bit last week. And also sort of just, uh, the, the midfield, the surprise there, and we'll talk about it later. Paige Mattire starting, she was a non-roster invitee, non-drafted player comes in and starts and plays 90 minutes against the the uh, the supporter shield winners from the previous year against a midfield that can stack up against anybody a Rose Lavelle Jess Fishlock uh, just just a ridiculous setup and they uh, they managed she managed very very well what did you think of when you saw that lineup I, I mean obviously of course I think like you I, I looked at footmob and footmob didn't even know I think they had um they had Tara as a forward and yeah that, they had Tara which, playing she's still like a number fourteen. nine. She's still number nine, by the way, playing center back. So that's going to mess with your brain all season. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, but they, I think they had, uh, they had met, uh, Medier, Medier, Paige Medier. I think that's how I said that right. Am I saying that right? Medier, uh, I think. Yep. Yeah. I had her as the, as the, uh, as the center back. I, I mean, the lineup obviously is, is Terry McKeown is, is weird as a defensive player. I guess from the first half, I, I, I want, I was kind of maybe a little distracted watching the first half. So I don't really have, I guess too much. There wasn't anything I guess I saw in that situation that I thought like she looked out of place, I guess as a center back. Um, obviously Ola rain dominated. They had the, the chances and dominated the game. The point was 2.0 XG to close out the game to the spirits 0.77. Um, they were, they were the better side and DC, uh, sorry, DC Washington, Absolutely stole three points here. There, there's no question about it. Yeah, I, the game the game was a bit of a scrum, and, and we'll get into that. I want to I want to bring in sort of Mark. I want to sort of integrate the the post game press conference into the analysis. So I think that we talked about the the changes that occurred. Uh, that the fact that we had two debutantes in the back line who had never played defense before and NWSL, and also a new player. Uh, but Mark Parsons talked in the post game about sort of the back line and, and the, how long this conversation has been going on. Uh, and we'll listen to that right now. Yeah, we spoke to her in November. Um, there's a conversation that the group was having and the staff. Um, Mike Bristol was my assistant and, and also the GM had talked and discussed about Tara's qualities. And for me, when we did the profile, I could see all the strengths of, of a centre-back in what we believe a centre-back uh, needs to be for our team. We spoke to her in November 
um, that this could be possible. And before pre-season, we, uh, we confirmed to her that this is where we we're going to go. And her mindset has been excellent. Um, she, she's, for the first two, three weeks, she wasn't able to train because of an injury. Um, so that's why she was, we, we hoped to get the 60 minutes today, which we did, which is a massive success. Uh, and then we had Amber coming on, who also had, unfortunately, had an injury three or four weeks ago that set her back. She was only on 30 minutes today. So I'm really happy that, that those two did that. Um, also Sam, who I think is um, is one of the, the, the best defenders with the ball at her feet in this league. Um, I had to convince her to, to kick the ball towards the other half and towards, uh, towards space today, which she's not happy about. But I promised her it's only a couple games a year in this league. And I got caught today. I didn't think today was going to be the day we had to do that. We did. Um, Sam was a monster in defending. Some of the dealing with Haitama, the long balls and flicking on from her with Lavelle and Fishlock running off the shoulder. I'm really proud of our back line. And then Aubrey made some big time saves when we needed her. So, so the back line was something we've talked about. Fans have talked about it. We're mad. Mm-hmm. You're not signing <laughs> center backs. You let Emily Sonic go. You let Kelly O'Hara go. You let Julia Rotter go. And you sign nobody. You sign Gabby Carl and that's it. And we're supposed to be happy with that. Uh, so, you know, you're not, if you're not vindicated in one game, there were lots of opportunities and you're going to want to refine that. Uh, and I think, you know, Aubrey Kingsbury in the post game said something like, this is our, not our final form. We're going to get a lot better than this. Mm-hmm. But I think in the first half you saw a, a, a inclination to kick and be on the ground and be aggressive uh, and, and the spirit struggled to adapt to that and didn't really adapt to it for 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the first opportunities were all, I mean, all rain. I think you have, when you have Ashley Hatch tracking back to commit a foul, pick up a yellow card, uh, for, for a free kick, it seemed almost like the team was like, let it, uh, giving up a set piece might be preferable than trying to deal with Rose Lavelle in space and running at you. Um, and they definitely very much backed off and, 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 uh, I thought, you know, again, for those the first 15 to 20 minutes, very much kind of bunkered. Um, I guess what maybe has me a little worried is, is, and again, maybe this is just due to the nature of sort of the lineup. Um, there weren't other than obviously we'll get, we'll get the trendy Rodman's goal, not a whole lot of the sort of clear cup opportunities. I think we were worried about this team defensively. I'm a little disappointed that they, I don't feel like they generated a lot of chances that I would expect um, out of a front three. That's basically stayed the same where you have, you know, Rodman hatch and Sanchez who are, should be very comfortable with each other and should be able to link up. Um, so maybe there was something you see that maybe wasn't, wasn't evident on TV, but that, yeah. that, that has me a little worried, I guess, heading were, into the rest to the rest of the season. There are periods in the second half where I saw those sort of triangles start to emerge. It was just a very physical game mm-hmm. and it didn't, it didn't really lend. I think that in, in their best scenario, this new offensive system requires, uh, sort of running onto running onto the ball sort of it's it's sort of on they're not going to they're not going to make 10 passes from midfield on to get an opportunity it's going to be about speed and running back behind center backs so but i think you know it's if you were if you were watching this game you saw at any given point aubrey kingsbury needed t- medical attention ashley sanchez needed med- medical attention i think trinity robin went down uh it was a it was a kick fest for quite a bit and mark discussed sort of the uh the play style that they weren't really necessarily expecting to to get yeah the the half time to the group was you know what they've what they did well with some of the things that helped control the game they kicked the ball long they flicked it on and that was tough to deal with and and then they pressed us and that helped them manage the game and also the field um but it took us 28 minutes to kind of realize that 
that we had to either we had a choice. I think we had to suffer and to take that all game, or we would have to match it. And yeah, we spent eight weeks on on being good on the ball and also being able to press uh, as a group, and it turned into an end of result game of chaos. And yeah, we suffer or we we match it. We decided to match it. And I don't know. I wouldn't want to be near Rodman, Sanchez, or Hatch when it's a game of chaos. And yeah, so that was that was sort of, <laughs> that was where he took it. And I, I I think you I think you got the picture. It's weird that Ol Rain would be, and he he was he was accusing Laura Harvey of like setting out to play that kind of game. That was the plan. Uh, so I think with a team with that much talent, that's that's an interesting decision uh, to make. And I, I will tell you in the first half. Uh, Ziara King had shut down uh, Trinity Rodman. She yes. was she was all over her, and she was also the most dangerous player on the offensive side of the ball. So that was that was an interesting thing that happened. Uh, that left side was being attacked. Uh, Gabby Carl and Tara McKeown were being targeted on that side, and they all the play was on the near side where the press box was. So I got a got a good view of <laughs> of the the heat map. What it must have looked like a, a just a, a, a white line on the left side of the field. You know, I think there's there, th- that that it all changed, right? The second half, I think you you definitely saw, and we'll talk about the goal in a second, but you saw a change in mentality. And, and Aubrey Aubrey Kingsbury talked about sort of the the fight that the team team showed in the light of sort of going against going up against Team Chaos <laughs> at, for OL Reign. Yeah, um, and you know, let's get let's. Oops, sorry, go, Brian. Into this game, so how did you? How are you guys able to adjust to the physicality of of the oil rain coming into the fir- in the first half? Did we? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we matched it. Um, yeah, like Trin said, the first game of the season, it, it's always chaotic. That's kind of the league. It takes a while to just find your footing, get everyone up to ninety minutes, and play the brand of soccer that we want to do. But I thought across the field we all competed well so really proud of the fight um and just winning our individual battles a lot of balls in the air um yeah we defended crosses pretty well so uh, a lot of good takeaways and yeah i thought we matched their um their fight (laughs) if you or your company would like to advertise on kindred spirits please email producer brian at brian at rfkrefugees.com more creative than a Trinity Rodman celebration, but with less profanity than an Amber Brooks gesture. I can promise you some spirited uh, ad copy. Back to the show. I liked I liked Trinity's uh, open open rebellion to the assumption in Mario's uh, Mario Maya's question about adjusting to the the style of play that Oil <laughs> reigned in the first half. It's like I don't think we did, but the, where it happened in the second half after Mark Parson tells them we have to adapt, we have to fight, or we have to suffer. Or, or I'm already forgetting how we call it something or suffer. Uh, it was match it or suffer. Match it or suffer. So, yeah, and and they decided to match it. So that 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 was the that was the the message in the halftime. And we have a very early in the second half goal uh, by Trinity Rodman. Trinity Rodman uh, carries the carries the ball through the midfield. That picks up a loose ball, carries the ball about fifteen yards, ten yards uh, into the eighteen. With no defensive pressure from the, the O range, just continues to back off and back off and back off. And Trinity says, "All right, I'll take that. I can do that." Yeah, I mean, it's uh, sorry, I don't know if you're set. I see, you know, know if you're setting up another clip or not. It was basically like you talked about her being sort of shut down in that first half. It was literally like the first space and the first opportunity she really got to sort of run, and she had space and she had time. And 
Um, I have to imagine that if I'm Laura Harvey, uh, first uh, first film analysis of training, I am just going to play that goal and be like, "Don't we let were that doing happen." So we were doing so good, and then this happened. What the heck happened here? Um, that is something we do not want to repeat. Uh, they give her a ton of space. She she does an excellent job running. She she looks up. She sees. I think an opportunity to shoot and she fires and scores uh, very, I, I don't know like these, I was curious like what the XG like impact of that goal is. And I was looking at the, um, the analysis pad. I was a little, a little uptick on there. So it couldn't have been more than like 0.10 of an expected goal on that, on that front. But um, I think that's what, that's what, that's where I think the benefit of this team may be struggling a little bit is you do have sort of those special players in Trinity Raman and Ashley Sanchez who can sort of pull those things out. Um, in games and sort of maybe give you that extra uh, bump, maybe when things aren't going your way the entire game to to find a goal. And it was a really nicely well taken goal. Probably, well, no, I don't think I don't think it's goal of the week. I think there was one. There was one in the LA game um, that I think might from a, I think from seventeen year old. Um, uh, I can't remember who who scored it, but uh, but a, an excellent goal um, there. So I don't know if that'll I, if that'll make the goal of the week cut. It might be. It might get a nominee. Um, but an excellent goal from Trinity Robin for sure. Yeah, you want your money players to to, to excel in those situations. Mm-hmm. And, and Mark Parsons talked about the kind of player uh, Trinity is and the type of opportunity she, the, she's supposed to have in this new system. Yeah. Trinity, you mentioned in the preseason you wanted her to both show her qualities game in, game out. How did you think of her performance in that goal especially? No, I, I think the what I've been very consistent with Trin is I want her in areas when we're attacking closer to goal. We know why she's going to really crush people in 1v1 situations and her crossing ability. But I also want to get her in areas where she can finish because she's a great finisher with both feet. Only this week in training, we're creating some scenarios we felt we would get today and she had a one-on-one, a little bit different to this shot that she was breaking through and her finesse of, of her strikes have just continued to improve. And then in defending, we want her higher and pressing because when we win it, then we have a high again. She's been one of the best defensive forwards in this league with her regains and, and tackles and duels. It's unbelievable. The location of those have been a bit too low for me. Want them high, but also when we get momentum in the opponent's half, want her closer to goal. She'll get the best of both. She'll be able to be in wide areas where people do not want to be 1v1. And then she also gets in, in front of goal where she can get goals and assists. And today was a great strike and... Yeah, I'm excited to keep building the, the, the understanding with Hatch and Trin and Sanchez. Uh, Trinity also sort of gave a, a quick play-by-play of what she saw and, and, uh, and the opportunity that arose for her. Um, I think the majority of the first half and even the beginning of the second, like we were stretching them, and I think they expected that. And obviously, if you see me and Hatch stretching you, you're going to want to drop. So I think when we saw those opportunities and they were dropping early, like those were the moments where we could kind of pop off and then we'd have the space because they weren't prepared for us to come in. So I think we did a good job of taking advantage of that in a second, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, the last, I don't know, did you, you saw the highlight of, of her goal, right? You saw yeah. the, the, her celebration. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see the, that. The, cel- the celebration was was not exactly what they planned. There was a, there was a bit of miscommunication here, but this is this is was Trinity's view on what was going on there. Uh, what, what even mean? was that? <laughs> oh no! I was like so oh, I thought you We like plans. literally prepared it for like so long, and then when it came the moment, I was running in circles. I started doing something random, and then we had this like play. 
to like <laughs> I need video footage. Yeah, so for Sam to like slap me to the floor, and then we we're gonna like resuscitate and do this like crazy thing, <laughs> and then I go on the floor and I'm like, <laughs> like I don't even know what happened, but hey, it was cool. So I didn't have <laughs> that one plan to be quite honest. So hopefully next time they they have a little bit more of a coordination. And if she's going to get resuscitated, they've communicated that. And she doesn't just have to, like, lay on the ground and do a weird dance, which is what she ended up having to do. Yeah, I, I, I can uh, I can attest to the uh, uh, I, I think I played one year of JV and I always I had in my head of the celebration I was going to do if I ever I played goalkeeper, by the way, at the celebration I was going to do if I ever scored a goal. And then I actually got and I was like, I'm going to run over and do like the little putt in like the corner flag. Um, and I, but I never thought it would happen. I was like, but that's what I want to do. And, and you score the goal and then you kind of, you forget about all of that. And I think I ended up just doing like a golf swing type of celebration. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, I was trying to get like a teammate to go over, uh, but everybody was around me. So I, I can sympathize in that sense, not the sense of the level that Trinity Rodman scoring, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they'll do, but they'll improve as the they'll season improve. goes along. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about getting, you know, getting 90 minutes fit and getting into the season. The same, same goes true I, for celebration coordination. I, I actually thought it was a, um, didn't they have, wasn't there some sort of celebration that they're doing at the, uh, in the NWSL version of EA sports? What didn't someone it's a say TikTok that? dance? Yeah. There's some, some sort of, some sort of TikTok dance or something going on there. I thought that was what it was. I, I, I hadn't watched it closely enough. So, Weird that it was a a celebration that did not um that did not quite come through, but so uh, that that's the good part about the spirit. I think there is uh, there were there were a number of chances that broke through that were sort of team breakdowns situations where uh, we'll talk about one particular breakdown. But Aubrey Bledsoe in the first half made a diving save to pre- prevent a, a goal. Um, but there's there there's one play in the second half where she uh, I think Trinity called her Spider Man, uh, so Spider Woman, uh, or there's a run in on goal by Jordan Heidema that she just rips the ball off of her foot, uh, and the her one on one play is something that uh, uh, is talked about a lot behind you know in the locker room about what she's good at, uh, but I, it was it was asked to both we're gonna go back to back on this Mark Parsons was asked about her one v one skill and then I asked at the end of the conference. Uh, what you know? What happened there? What did she see that that she was able to make that play on on Jordan Heidema? So here, here we have that right now. Well, I'll start off with I, pr- I promised her before preseason that our expected goals and conceded would go down, um, and every week we kind of have a discussion and the eyeballs stare at me and and she holds me accountable for this promise. Um, but what I know when we do get it wrong, this this she has many qualities. But this is her top quality. When opponent sneaks through, and in this league, it's going to happen once, twice a game because of the talent on every team. We know we got a 1v1 specialist and she's special. Uh, to, uh, we played into Miami when we uh, into Miami boys joined us when we were in Florida and um, she, uh, she destroyed one of their afternoons by saving a one-on-one. I had to console him after that. It's not personal, it's just, it's just her quality. She has the profile of top, top modern goalkeeper. Distribution, she deals with crosses, she's calm and clear in her communication. Shot stopping's outrageous. And then this icing on the cake with 1v1. Very happy for her today. Um, I'm glad that her and her family got a ceremony where she kept a clean sheet and they got three points. And this place set a new record for home opener. She deserves that. She's emptied a lot for this team. And she's gone the hard way. I've seen her journey throughout the NWSL. She's gone the hard way. She's travelled around the world to be able to get games and go on loan. 
and now she's she's showing specifically 2021 because because it takes special players to be able to win a championship and we want to get back to that that type of soccer for Aubrey and I think today you know, we did a better job but then she saved us when we needed her. Mark talked about your one-on-one shot stopping ability. Ah. There was one where we can all talk Thank about. Thank you, Aubrey. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what you saw on that. As you, as you saw. Um, yeah, I don't know who played the pass, but they slipped in Heidema in the box. Um, see, I, that's funny you say that because we did kind of go through our strengths, so I shared that that was one of mine. Um, so, yeah, I just came out to kind of close the space, and um, she didn't shoot it right away, so I was, was patient kind of waited for her to take another touch and she dribbled laterally and gave me an opportunity to come win it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to come up for the team in those moments and see out the win and, uh, get trend the game winner. Yeah. yeah thank you. Like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I, who was the joker asking that question? My I don't goodness. know. <laughs> I, not only that, they were, they were somewhat annoyed with me because that was the end of the press conference. I think right before that, Sam was like, all right, last question. I was like, hey, actually, I have a one more. was like the guy at the end asking for more homework at the end of the, that was, <laughs> that was me. I apologize. But yeah, I thought, I thought it was a great play and it was really indicative of what, you know, the, that, that special and Mark says like, you need that in, in NWSL, you need some, a world-class uh, goalkeeper, particularly with a young backline. And she really pulled through there. But, but- Go By ahead. the way, speaking of that moment, I, I remember this moment. The, the commentators were, um, <clears throat> I don't know, little little O rain bias going on. I think uh, in the second half of of what I noticed, they they seem to put uh, less of that save on Kingsbury and more on the fact that the forward, I forget who was the attacker that um, that Kingsbury took that off of, um, giving more of the of the of the credit to the fact or the blame on the attacker than on the. On mm. Kingsbury, which is a little annoying. Um, they also uh, were talking about how great it was that uh, um, Fishlock uh, held her run and was onside on one play, and she was blatantly uh, offside <laughs> on that play. It was very obvious from the from the broadcast. Um, speaking of which, I, I don't know. It, like sometimes I don't know if it was coming through on the broadcast, but that that was a moment where I was like. Are the referees holding their flag for VAR? Did, did you notice any sort of impact? Because the players a lot of times would throw their hand up. I, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment going on for... Um, now, what we do see, what we should see is the referee holds their flag. Once the play is, you know, the situation is 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 moot, then they throw their flag up for for offsides if they think it. But um, any, any anything you notice, I guess, live that maybe VAR might have been playing a role in, in referee decisions or how things were going? I didn't see that. No, I, I I did not notice that at all. But I, that is something certainly to to watch out for as the their their maiden voyage with VAR continues. Yep. Um. So that they held a lead late, and if you remember 2021, 2022 at all, uh, NWSL uh, Washington Spirit, that was not a guarantee of points, and usually it was a guarantee of no points a lead late. Uh. So someone asked Aubrey, sort of what you know, end of, end of this game, what was the mindset? You know, what, how do they dig deep and, and hold that result, even though, you know, like you said, that was a sort of a goal out of nowhere from Trinity and the XG uh, gods did not favor them in this game. Aubrey had a lot to say about sort of what the end of the game mentality was about. Oh, I actually was joking that the spirit of last year would have lost this game like <laughs> three to one, you know, with a couple goals and stoppage time. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like Trin said, um, 
this year we're not taking as many risks. We worked on clearances. We get it out. And, and I think it's just a renewed mentality as well. Like we're all committed to defending. It's not just the back four. Um, starts from our nines and goes all the way back to me. So, um, yeah, Parsons is, has kept us in line. And um, I think our de defense will be much improved this year. So it, what did you agree as you were watching that in the, at the end of the second half, were you feeling like, are they going to blow this or is this going to, is this a safe three points? I, I, I thought, I thought, I thought Ola rain was going to tie it. There was one moment I think where um, I think they were playing the ball out of the back. I'm not sure who lost the ball. I have to go back and, and look at the video, but there was a, they were trying to sort of play the ball out of the back. Uh, I think one of the players gets a cramp. She kind of drops down and sort of tries to stretch as Rose Lavelle is streaking into the middle of the goal and sort of just does not hit a ball wide. I, I think I think she's correct. I think this is a game they would have lost. I think early see. I think a later season O.L. Reign. Um, I think this game is either a disappointing draw or the O.L. Reign get the two goals from their two expected goals they should have scored and they and they end up winning this game. Um, again, maybe the spirit will be better. I think there was a lack of sharpness in the attack, uh, from the, from Ola rain. They, I, I kind of refresh my memory as, as I've been listening to these clips, kind of rewatching the highlights, making sure my memory is correct. Um, and there were several moments that I had forgotten about where it, I mean, I think there was a wide open header that went wide. Um, there were several opportunities where you could see, uh, I thought all oh, rain are going to get a tying goal in this and it's going to be one, one and we're going to have a disappointing thing. But I mean, to their credit, uh, they did, they, they bent, but they sure didn't break. Um, and that's sometimes that's, that's better to be lucky than good. Um, and I think, I think, I think the spirit were very fortunate to walk away with three points here. I uh, could have very easily gone the other way, maybe even worse if, if all rain had been a little bit sharper. Yeah. I don't know that you can, ex I don't think that they can, coast to the to, you know you can't count on luck all the time right um i think that the, the dc united is experiencing the opposite of <laughs> a bad luck all the time uh but i don't think the spirit can can count on on that again they've got racing louisville on the first of april on saturday here at three o'clock so uh a team a, a team that you know you, you you like you like the way they match up against at least based on sort of the other rosters we're still the thing about nwsl is you should never listen to anybody about preseason predictions because a this league is insane, parity is insane, uh, and also preseason games weren't visible for anybody. So we were all guessing. That's the, the dirty little secret. Every preview you read by anybody by any writer was just guessing. Uh, and now at least we've got a little bit of tape on everybody. It's it's all I said. Preseason predictions in MLS and into BSL is all in the same thing. Where did the team finish last season? And if they were good and kept things the same, well, then you'll probably find yourself up on the top of preseason predictions. If you were bad and everybody looks at it and says, well, you didn't improve, so I don't think you're going to be good again this year. Um, and I think that's where the spirit fell, fell into is everybody looks at it and says, well, I don't see them making too many major improvements on this team. Um, and I think maybe that's where the preseason predictions. I don't even know who would go out and make preseason predictions for NWSL, to be honest. Like lots of people have to, they're employed <laughs> and they are required to. That is, that is like ultimate bulletin board material for any team that you pick low. Um, I might actually like do the inverse of like my predictions. <laughs> I said that to Jose Umania. He's like, yeah, that's true. But also if you happen to make a really ballsy pick and it turns out you can wave it in people's faces at the end of the year. So they assume I, everyone's wrong. And if you just luck into one, then you can coast on that.
I will say Kim McCauley was the one person I, I read some of her predictions uh, for NWSL. And I think she had the spirit uh, in fourth. Um, and she said, I like I th- that. I, she's that. like, she, she said, I think, I think they will be better than this year. I think they've got more better to basically all the things that we were saying, this team was better than what they showed last season. Um, I think there was a lot of, I think, I think we're going to find out there was a lot of extenuating circumstances surrounding that season that maybe were not visible um, considering the coaching situation and, and everything else that kind of happened. So it was alluded to a lot that the vibes were bad last year yeah. by just, just in this first press conference. So take that for what you will. There, I think the the big thing about this team has always been that uh, if if they've been failed off the field, they have succeeded on the field because of the players taking big responsibility of you know things that they may not have that shouldn't have to take responsibility of. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Sullivan in interviews has basically like said they she was asked if she wanted uh, this is I believe with Andre Carlisle was asked if she wanted input into the coaching hire, and she's like, no, I just want to play. Like I have, I have, my whole career has been me having to deal with garbage. That's nothing, nothing to do with playing. And I would just love to just focus on what I, what I'm trying to do. So go ahead. You and everybody else in NWSL just wants like chaos on the field. Like give me all the chaos you want on the field, but just please everything off the field. Can we just dial, dial back the chaos a little bit? Yeah. The, the, yeah. So the, so, you know, Mark Parsons saw that, knew that and said, we're going to take some steps, uh, to take the burden off those players who want to just focus uh, on their own play and then go in a different direction for, uh, for this season. So this is him uh, talking about that. Uh, we've had a detailed process. Every, every, of course, everything has been reset. We're while trying to respect that there's been great leaders, there's also been three in Tory, Andy and Aubrey who have carried more weight than anyone should do in professional soccer. Uh, we had a process where we doubled the size of our leadership group. We didn't want that the three people would carry that weight. I've been very deliberate with individuals about what their role is, matching their leadership qualities. There has been a, a high, high priority since the first moment I spoke to Andy is if she's playing well, we have a chance of being successful. And we need to make sure the weight of the last few years isn't there with her. And with the armband, um, whether you like it or not, when you have the armband and there's problems, problems will run at you. When it comes from you guys on the media or from players or staff, when you have that responsibility. I, myself and all staff, we wanted to, uh, from the very beginning, we made it clear, we need to get some weight off Andy for the, for, to, for the best of our team, but also the best for Andy. She's vice captain. Aubrey is captain. Now, Andy, I've known her since she was 14 years old. She's going to lead every day, every week. I probably won't be able to keep that weight off her because that's who she is, but we're going to try. Aubrey, um, uh, I think her with Tori and three other people in the leadership group, I've asked them to, to lead in their way, not any other way, and everyone be authentic. And so far, they've been doing a good job. And yeah, and when I say six people in the leadership group, it's going to take a lot more than that. We've got some big goals this year, but but these six, um, yeah, we're excited to give them this this responsibility and take some weight off the three that carried for for two years. Can you share who these other three players are? Yeah, Tara, uh, Barney, and Hatchie. And as I say them, I think of three instantly who aren't in that, who have led more in the last two weeks than anybody else. <laughs> So a, a team spoilt for leaders, which I guess is a good problem to have. Yeah. But Aubrey, Aubrey, you know, save of the match. I hope she gets, I've not seen if there's been save of the week nominees. I think she's 
She should be in the mix. Uh, but in her hundredth cap uh, for an NWSL franchise, which came this weekend, uh, she also wore the armband for the first time. And she also spoke about what that meant to her and sort of what the leadership picture looks like now uh, on the spirit. Yeah, a bit. I would say in years past, um, players, NWSL players have had to bear a lot of the burden of um, maybe administrative work, of decision-making, just because we're understaffed um, and just the different dynamics that have happened with, um, you know, coaching staff and just things that we won't get into. But uh, a lot of it has fallen on the players. And by bringing in, you know, a lot of world-class talent on our um, performance and technical staff and expanding the leadership group and calling everyone to be a leader and really empowering everyone to really uh, get the most out of their career. I think it definitely helps spread the load. Like we've got so many great personalities on this team and everyone has strengths and things to offer to the group. So instead of just looking to a couple people, like we're really leaning on each other. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where they're going to go this year. They've, they have, the structure in place off the field to support them better, but they also have a, a, a new improved sort of pyramid of leadership. That's going to help the team stay focused on the field. So I, you know, I, if you're a spirit fan, you got to feel good. I, you know, you're, you, you hesitate to feel confident mm-hmm. that things won't, that no one's going to pull the the bottom piece out of the Jenga board. Uh, but you know, you gotta, you gotta feel good about the things that have been put in place to make sure that the, the, the train stays on the tracks here. It, this season. It, if we learned anything about last season, it's, nobody i mean honestly nobody's safe um you know i i you know i you we talk about who are good guys right now mark parsons seems like a seems like a good guy seems like a guy who's, i'm not making that i'm not making that statement anymore <laughs> yeah after, am, after, i'm done after what happened but i mean i think i think that's sort of the that that's sort of the uh the, the spirits not so not so secret weapon um is going to be the backroom staff um, the support they get outside of just the talent on the field. And it's honestly, it's something that um, that they they are spoiled compared to a lot of the other uh, NWCL teams from what we've understood. Um, there's a lot of bare bones operations, Chicago being the number one on that list of just bare bones operation. Um, and having that sort of support and all, you know, you talk about the administrative, I mean, prior to that, part of that's probably driven in large part because, you know, there's very few assistant coaches. So uh, there's very few coaches. So they kind of have to not only play, but sort of manage a team. And that's not something as professional. Yes. Maybe if you want to get into coaching as you get older, maybe you want (laughs) to be take a little bit more, some of the roles of that. Uh, But some of the, a lot of these players for the spirit are in the prime of their careers. Their number one focus should be playing and getting better. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's something that seems obvious. Uh, you know, Christian Benteke for DC is not worried about managerial or administrative duties. His, He's, his job is to do and go work, go work hard in training, listen to the coaches and score goals. And that's his focus. He's not um, doing any PR work. He's not any self. He's not getting together with teams and like coordinating a, a, a large press statement about their coaches. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mis- misgivings. That's not having to happen to Christian Benteke. So just no. keep that in mind. Annie yeah. Sullivan is a U.S. Women's National Team midfielder starter, and she's also carrying those. And, and not just her, Tori Huster. There are a lot of players that were doing way more than they should have, but the, she she was sort of the one that was singled out as a you know just it's just it, not it wasn't going right. 
I mean, it has to be draining. I mean, you think about think about any time in your job when you've had to do some do some other type of work that was not in your job description. It's frustrating, and it's it's just as annoying for these players too to have to be running basically running their own PR, like you said, drafting statements, going through statements, and I mean that has to be just exceptionally draining. So I hope I hope upon hopes that. The the league, I, I don't doubt we're going to have some more incidents. In, in incidents. Like, I, I think there is something coming. I hope it doesn't come from the spirit. I can't just, I, I, I will not believe we have reached the the end of the barrel or the, the bottom of the barrel. And, and we're done with the, with the, the incidents and coaches getting fired without explanation until we hear the reason they get fired. And it's usually very, very bad. Um, I will not believe that until until at least we get three, four or five years out of this. And even then who knows, but I hope for at least for the spirit that they are allowed to focus on the one, their number one job, which is be soccer players. And I think if that can happen, uh, they will have a leg up on several other teams that do not have the support structure in place. Um, so hats off to Michelle Kang. She is absolutely doing what she said she would do in, in providing uh, the support for this team so far. And I think, I hope that can certainly continues um, as this team gets forward. Um, Hope the field. Did the field look good? By the way, it seemed no. less slippery. No, it seemed nope. less slippery than the. DC it was less game. slippery because it was less wet, but it was yeah. definitely beat. You could tell that the the pitch was moving a little bit underneath their feet. Yeah. So yeah, DC defenders, do your worst, I guess. <laughs> uh, please replace that field, DC defenders. I guess is more more what that we're would be say. preferable. That would be preferable. All right. Um, anything else you want to add, or do we? Nope. Just want to- I just want to make sure that you know if you like the show, please mm-hmm. consider supporting us on Patreon, patreoncom Refugees. I understand it's not slash Kindred Spirits, but we are a soccer conglomerate, so we've have, we've have, we've been everywhere doing everything. So that's where we're at. If you want to support us, uh, we also have a Discord, which we will pin on the Kindred Spirits Twitter. But if you want to find it, if you want to look, we'll we'll start doing. I I will not be in the game day Spirits chat because I will be in the stadium trying to tweet all time <laughs> and also pay attention so I can speak about it. But we can certainly have some folks. To, uh, we our DC United uh, live chats are great for games, and hopefully that we can get people to pull double duty. So think about uh, joining that as well. Yes, um, I, I've learned now the NWSL has a lot, a lot fewer prediction times, and uh, this is a busy season for me as I referee. So I will, I will make an effort. Uh, I will make an effort for home games to be filler in and, and be active in those chats when I can. So, and it's almost we're almost there. We're almost one more month, and then I'm free. So, anyway, thank you all so much for joining patreoncom refugees. Your your donations really do help keep the show running. Uh, it helps us get the show sounds amazing because we're able to pay for services that allow us to do that. So if you wonder where your mother goes, it goes towards things like that. Um, thank you all so and much. Cool this. merch, and like cool this. merch. Yes, <laughs> websites, hosting, the whole shebang, everything. Thank you guys so so much for listening, and we will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos, vamos. Me along. <laughs> uh. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Monday Development, available to help you with all of your real estate needs. To get started on your next real estate investment, visit mundydev.com. That's M U N D Y D E V.com.